Welcome to Writish, the one-stop shop on your writer journey where we discuss everything writing related from shiny new ideas through publication, whether it's on the indie or traditional path. And the ish of life that fuels and sometimes gets in the way of our creative pursuits. I'm Zara, a self-published author of young adult and new adult fiction and an alumni of the NYU Masters in Publishing program. And I'm Kelly, a genre-hopping writer, trier of hobbies, and a domestic goddess, which is a fancy way of saying I'm a stay-at-home mom and wife. It's that time of year again, Camp NaNoWriMo. Honestly, it feels like we just finished the April one. I tried my best. I got stuff done, but I didn't meet my goal of finishing revising the matchmakers, which was my NaNo 2021 project. I'm hoping to do better in July. What about you? Well, I did not participate in April's Camp NaNo. Even though I intended on doing so, I decided to take a step back and really analyze if this was worth murdering my mental health over. And I was like, nah, girl, you sit down and you like refocus your energy on, you know, getting everything back aligned. I am excited, though, to be writing for July because I am doing another co-written project with the wonderful Brie Bonomo. It's a fantasy novel. I don't think anyone's really surprised. Nah. <laughs> and it is lovingly referred to as Project Metal. So the quick and dirty version is the story follows two siblings as they navigate reconnecting their relationship and the road to healing past wounds. So this is also a love letter to our Germanic heritage where we lift the veil to some pretty spectacular and not often talked about Germanic moss people or wood folk. Project's Metal's closest comps would be Never Contended Things by Sarah Porter and The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. And honestly, this story came to me and Brie when we were not suspecting it and we were just sending each other Mimi TikToks because that's what we do. Um, and soon enough, we were spinning how a story could go. And now here we are weaving our self-proclaimed healing tragedy while we both are navigating our own healing journeys. I love that for you. Thank you. <laughs> that sounds so cool. And I'm very excited for you both to be on that journey. And, you know, kind of like I hinted at before, but just to be super clear, my July is going to be continuing revising the matchmakers. Let's pull back and talk about the topic of today's episode, which is our camp essentials. Mine are super simple. My laptop, where I do all the stuff, my bullet journal, so I remember to do the stuff on each day, my pens and highlighters, which I need to write in my bullet journal, and my water bottle with timestamps so I can lie to myself and say that I am going to be accurately hydrated in a day. <laughs> and then I guess... Added on to that, I should say that I have snacks because I don't always remember to eat full meals with my ADHD that causes me to hyperfixate on tasks. And the Finch app, which you told me about, Kelly, which I love. I did. It kind of gamifies you doing self-care tasks, which apparently is the only way I can make myself do it. It's okay. It's okay. Don't feel bad. I'm the same way. And then the Forest app. So clearly my list just kept growing as I've been saying this, but that keeps me focused. I love how I didn't think of like my laptop, but obviously a bitch needs her laptop to write <laughs> or like anything to that nature. So I was like, oh, I should talk about my recent health realizations. 
and how I've been utilizing SMART goals, which is an acronym that I did not come up with, but this is what it stands for. Specific, measurable, achievable, relatable, and time bound. And I feel like for someone myself, like who is incredibly ambitious there, I don't know how many times we've talked about things and you're like, I love the ambition, but (laughs) maybe do these other things first. Yes. So I feel like if you're listening and you are a very like ambitious, go big or go home kind of person like myself, smart goals could be something, you know, that could be essential for you. And it definitely helps with mental health because then you're not beating yourself up and hating yourself and thinking you're worthless because you did not meet the incredibly high standards you set for yourself. I don't know how much I've talked about it on the podcast, but I transferred twice to three different schools in my undergrad career. But before I transferred to the third place where I wound up graduating from, which was NYU, and then I obviously went to grad school there too for publishing because they had a really cool program. Between me leaving Boston University, which was my mom's alma mater, and my uncles and my aunts, although it's not the aunt and uncle who are married to each other, I took a semester off because my mental health was better from when I was in my first undergrad university. But my mom was like, maybe take a semester off and reevaluate what you want. And in that time, I went to a group therapy program. And there were different groups. So there was like a general one. And then depending on what you needed, they would recommend other groups to join. And because I had depression, they recommended the executive functioning group, which they also recommended for people with ADHD, which I hadn't been diagnosed with at that time yet. One of the things we learned were all these different methods and SMART is like an overarching thing, but then we also learned other methods, which are cool, like eat the frog. And I'm now blanking on all the other ones, but like I I use the combination of all of them in my bullet journal. And then while at NYU, I took a class called the nature of success. So we talked about smart goals, but then we also went into this other thing, which I always forget the name of where you set a goal and you set like what you want, but then you set a lower version of the goal so that you still accomplish something and get that feeling of accomplishment. And then you set a stretch goal. So it's like those three things. So I love these types of systems. I like all those systems that you just listed. I also love me some snacks close by and a drink because I'm a thirsty bitch and I need to stay well hydrated. I think we're all perpetually dehydrated to some degree and we all say we're going to do better and we're trying. (laughs) Hydrate or die. (laughs) Also, If I have everything close by when I start writing, I will be less likely to get up and go rummage around in the kitchen for like 40 minutes and, you know, just waste time. But I also know some writers who will, if they have snacks or drink, they'll just sit there and munch and not write. So it just depends on who you are. Me, I will find an excuse to get up away from my laptop to go in the kitchen and I'll be in there forever and then I'll come back and then I'll sit down to write and then like chaos has erupted and then I can't. So I'm like, ah, shoot. Last but not least, I think this is very important for anything in life, but we're applying it to Camp Nano. You need a kick-ass support system. 
whether it is other writers who are participating in these challenges with you, lifelong friends, new friendships, just whatever works for you to keep you motivated is great because this also gives you an opportunity to be that supportive person for someone else too. So I think in our community, a lot of people think that there's a lot of, uh, what, what am I thinking of? Like people who just want the support but don't want to give it. But I feel like this is a opportunity to acknowledge that your support group is your support group, but then you are also a part of their support group. So yeah, I know Kate Cavanaugh absolutely hates the fact that the Camp Nano website, which actually no longer exists, it all got folded into nanorimo.org, but they did away with the cabins. Mm -hmm. And like there are writing groups that are year round, but they just feel very overwhelming to me. I'd rather just like have our community on AuthorTube. And we talked about it in our NaNoWriMo episodes of season one, Preptober episode, or our like, this is what NaNoWriMo is, or our first week high episode. As you can tell, we did a lot of NaNoWriMo episodes in season one, and they're blending together for me. But those were good. So we'll listen to all of them. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about community there. And I love that you were talking about like, yeah, you shouldn't only be taking from a community, you should be giving back. And you were saying you can't believe you didn't think to mention a laptop, but I can't believe I didn't think to mention the community. So I feel like we covered all bases where it's like, here are the physical things I need, but then also here are the ephemeral and intangible things that we need so you're saying that we complete each other yes (laughs) yeah we're friends soulmates yeah we're yin and yang yes (laughs) but I can never remember which one is like the more chaotic side if you've listened to this podcast I'll leave you to assume which one of us is the more chaotic but if you remember what a yin yang symbol is each side has a little bit of the other so we're not one note people we're complex (laughs) well we are each a mosaic of beautiful pieces we're each a broken up put together piece of our life experiences i like that thank you i love the sentiment i think moving on to the next topic Like I mentioned, we had a lot of season one episodes about NaNoWriMo, but I don't know if we ever clarified that Camp Nano lets you set your own goal, but what tips can you offer first-time Camp Nanoers? I feel like it's important to note what's achievable for one person might not be the same for another, and that's okay. Just know yourself and what you can realistically accomplish, going back to the SMART goals, and I believe there said eat the frog, and a few other really good things to gauge your goals. As someone who likes setting really, really, really ambitious goals for herself, I do feel quite qualified enough to say that it's okay to set smaller, more achievable goals, and it's also healthier for you. I know that there's like this image I saw, and it was someone building a ladder, and there was a person building a ladder with bigger gaps in between, but it was harder to climb the ladder versus a ladder which has the gaps a little bit closer. I love that. And also totally forgot to mention earlier that I think it might have been our first episode of season two, but we had an episode called Goal Setting for Writers. We did, yes. So definitely listen to that. Listen, I don't mean to be overly confident here, but I think we have a very great 
back catalog? Yes, the back catalog to go listen and, and check out and really get yourself pumped up for camp because it is exciting. While we're talking about achievable goals and really knowing what works for you, I'm a firm believer with any nano event or just writing challenges in general that if you leave with more words than what you had when you started, then it's still a win. Congratulations. Round of applause. So if you aren't with the theme of 2022, we are being nice to ourselves and allowing some grace. You are human, not a machine, no matter what the rich ruling class would have you believe. Yeah, I think if you don't fit what society makes you think with like capitalism and hustle culture and thinking if you're not doing something at any given moment, you are being lazy instead of taking the rest or break that your body and mind need, which we've said throughout so many episodes where it's like, you're a human, you need to take care of yourself on that level, or you can't do any writing, or or other creative pursuits, I would say that you might be feeling imposter syndrome if you feel like you're not matching what you see everyone else doing. And our first episode ever, Welcome to Writish, talked all about imposter syndrome. And I want to say that where Kelly says, if you end up with more words than you had, I will say if you're revising during a camp, maybe you're cutting down words. But if you're making it through your manuscript, that's still progress. Yes. I hope this year... As a society, we continue to push and challenge, you know, capitalism and the traditional working American family dream, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I hope we continue to push back against that and the ideas that that sets because we are humans and we are built with these default settings needing rest for a reason. And that's not even taking into account that not every person is able to do the average because there are people who wake up with less spoons. Yes. There are people with chronic illness. There are people with mental health. There are people who are, who have a disability, however you want to define that. And people should define that for themselves. And on any employee like application or survey, once you are employed, I you should always feel free to say, like, don't want to disclose or whatever. You don't have to out yourself. First of all, like, I kind of want to push back that there's even a baseline mm-hmm. in America because everyone's circumstances are different. Like, if you're a first-generation immigrant, your expectations are different than someone who was born with a silver spoon in their mouth with a trust fund and, you know, are able to use your parents or grandparents or both like other generations money and things like that. So I think that we are moving away from it, thankfully, because the pandemic made everyone realize that like, oh, therapy is like important. And now like at least every YouTube channel that I follow has been sponsored at least once by BetterHelp Online Therapy. So I think it is becoming more of an acceptable thing. I'm really hoping that like once we get quote unquote back to normal, that that doesn't go away. I don't want everything to go back to how it was. So 
So while we're talking about what you feel like you need to do to keep up with society, I think we should answer the very real question of do you even need to participate in Camp Nano? I love this question. While I do encourage people to try it just once, no. You, you can still be a quote-unquote real writer if you don't participate or do any writer challenges. Just work on your story the best way that you see fit and what works for you in your schedule. And, you know, you're still a writer. I hate the whole to be a real writer bullshit. Yeah, totally agree. I think that there's something to be said for... I like this phrase because someone applied it to me recently and I was like, oh, I never thought about that because I feel really public about my writing stuff, but moving in silence. So in your head, you can have a goal and, you know, you are doing Camp Nano in your head where you have a goal that like isn't reflected on the website or even if it could be reflected on the website, you're like, I'm not going to put it out there until I'm done, whether you succeeded or not. And if you didn't succeed, you don't have to publicize that. There's no like reason that you have to. Like I had my goal of I want to finish revising this novel and that's not a goal that could fit on there. But I don't give updates of this is how many chapters I'm in very publicly like it's always updated on my website if people want to go there and every week on my Instagram when it's not been shadow banned for no apparent reason you can see the breakdown of the words that I've written in a week and that includes non-novel words but I think what shocks a lot of people and I've like professionals so like my professors have commented on this which surprises me that they even pay attention to my social media Mm -hmm. where they'll be like oh my god you do so much uh but I don't talk about it a lot because I've stopped vlogging I think as long as you're getting what you want to get done and not beating yourself up when you don't get what you want to get done done in the time frame I think what Kelly said is like you can still be a real writer and not perform to what you think the standard is because you see certain things on social media and in society because something that always needs to be said for social media whatever platform it is is that people are sharing their highlights and I love when people will share like oh this was frustrating or I'm in the process of this and like there isn't a real quote-unquote like milestone update for them it's just they're sharing what they want to share but you need to understand that they are probably being very opaque with like the failures unless they choose to share a certain failure, which doesn't mean that they're sharing all their failures. Yes, I agree. And I feel like the whole moving in silence thing is really you. And it's one of the things I admire about you. And I feel like if we were not as close as we are, I would have no idea what you were doing all of the time. Yeah. Cause we message so often that like, you do know what I'm doing, but my publicly facing social media is like, oh, look, I did a thing. Or I'm going to start a thing and then you don't hear about it until it's over. But that's okay too. Because you don't, I feel like with today's society, there's a lot of pressure to always put all of the things onto the social media websites and constantly portray success because, you know, America, but whatever. (laughs) And I feel like we as creators should maybe push back against that notion of thought and maybe start sharing more 
things of failures and maybe not go so in depth if you don't want to. But I know I will be the first to say that I have fucked up a lot. And there's a lot of things that I need to fix on my writing or a lot of things that frustrate me. Like today, we were trying to get something different set up for writish in Notion versus Google Docs. And it was so fucking frustrating because your girl doesn't do technology. (laughs) So there you go. There's my failure. Kelly is shitty at technology, (laughs) but that's okay. The creators that we follow, whether they're writers or actors or whatever, they don't owe us any content aside from the final product that they have promised to deliver. And anything else that brings us along on the journey, either during or after the fact, is great. And I think we should all remember that everyone is human and we're not content producing machines. Yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, (laughs) this is the Writish Podcast and we'll be back with another episode and interview with my intro to book publishing professor, Sean Desmond, who is the head of an imprint and is also an author himself. So we talk a little bit about both sides of the publishing industry. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Writish Podcast, on Twitter at write underscore ish, and on Kofi at writeish. Bye. Bye.